the Spiritual Brew Pub Podcast will help you navigate spiritually after or during a belief shift, deconstruction, or crisis of faith. Not to try to convert you to a particular destination, but give you the resources you need to evaluate your future belief or unbelief and help you follow the religious historical evidence wherever it leads. I'm your host, Michael Camp, a recovering conservative evangelical, the operative word being recovering, sharing my journey in helping others rebuild faith or a reasoned philosophy of life. So grab your brew of choice and learn how fact-based history helps us both critique and rethink faith. Why do we call it a brew pub? Because we like to hang out in them, at least metaphorically. A pub is a great place to let your hair down, share your true thoughts about your journey, and discuss things with an open mind in a non-judgmental environment. Hey, welcome everyone to the Spiritual Brew Pub. I'm your host, Michael Camp, and today we have another great guest with us, Angela Harrington. Angela is a faith deconstruction coach. She's got a lot of great material out there on her website, AngelaJHarrington.com. And um, she's also a, um, a forthcoming author. And, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the book that she's, she's uh, written and that's going to be published soon. And then also, um, you know, she's a private spiritual coach as well. And, and she's got some great content to share with folks. Uh, Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It's so great to have you with us. And one of the reasons why I invited you to come on the podcast, because I really love your content, um, just a lot of varieties of workshops, uh, uh, private spiritual coaching options, mm-hmm. just helping people get over religious trauma and helping people to come to terms with their experience in conservative Christianity, which, as we know, can be very toxic. Yeah. So, um Anyways, I thought we'd start off with um, just getting a feel for your background. What's your experience um, in conservative Christianity and and then deconstructing it? Yeah, so I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up around the church. Um, My grandmothers regularly attended church, but I didn't. Uh, So we have kind of a family background of being in the Nazarene and the Baptist church. Um, When I grew up, I had young kids and decided um, that it was time. And so started attending a Methodist church, kind of a rural Methodist church here in Indiana. That's pretty traditional. Very, oh, very so, so it yeah. was it was conservative as well, like evangelicalism. It's still it still is. It's very okay. conservative. Um, yeah. okay. It's definitely on the the conservative side of the the schism that we're seeing right now. Right. Um, and we were there for several years. It was a great community, and just got the the nudge that it was time to go somewhere else. So we actually tried an independent church. Um, and there were some great things about that, but there was really not a lot of children's programming. And I had five kids at the time. So oh, wow. uh, we found a, a Wesleyan church here in town that has um, just phenomenal, phenomenal people and had a, a you know really in-depth children's program. And so that's where we've been for about 10 years now. Um, 
you know, sometimes one foot in, one foot out, but it, it is where we definitely consider ourselves at home. It doesn't sound like it's on the conservative end, though. <laughs> you know, it's it's not quite as, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's on the fundamentalist end. Um, right. There, You know, just like any denomination, there are there are things I agree with and, and there are things I don't. Yeah. You know, it breaks Absolutely. my heart that it's not an affirming space. Right. And so um, that's yeah. one of the things that well, we struggle with a little bit. Right. Well, yeah, one of the things I tell people is that, you know, the modern church that we know of is really optional for anyone who says they want to be a Christian or a follower of Christ. So mm -hmm. I, I'm a done. I'm a done. I'm done with church. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I find my um, my serve my let's say my community and just meeting people talking theology, drinking beer or going to the local Rotary Club and which is a service oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, organization. So, but I understand exactly where you're at. Um, so you are a faith deconstruction coach and, it, and it's, you know, you've got some great content out there. What, 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 describe what that is and, and uh, what are you trying to accomplish there? Yeah. So faith deconstruction coaching is one of those things that's kind of hard to explain until you get into it. A lot of people think it's therapy. Um, a lot of people think it's the mentoring, but it's actually a, a completely unique brand of support um, that's really designed to, to partner. So I partner with clients. Um, we have an equitable relationship. It's not a hierarchical thing, which is really important when you're coming out of toxic religious spaces, because the last thing you need is somebody else coming along and telling you what you should believe. Right, so right. as a faith deconstruction coach, my goal is really to point people back to themselves. And so sometimes that means being a mirror. Sometimes that means, um, you know, just really challenging them with questions about limiting beliefs or, or perhaps saying, you know, why do you believe that? Um, there's a lot of a lot of learning to trust yourself again in faith deconstruction coaching, especially if you've been in really harmful, abusive environments or if you've spent your whole life in a toxic space. You don't even know where to begin. So that's that's really my goal as a coach is to provide some supports to the point where you don't need me anymore. <laughs> it's kind of a right. you know, I, I'm well, kind of working myself out of job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, hey, you're going to therapy for the rest of your life or you have to right. attend AA meetings the rest of your life or you're, <laughs> exactly. you're gonna fall off the wagon. Right? right. I really want people to recognize their autonomy and their right, their, you know, their right to choose just as a human being, rather than creating another system of dependence where when they struggle, they come to me for answers. Because right. Right. honestly, my answers don't matter. When right. it when it comes to your faith, well, my answers aren't really important. That's that's not how this always, works. We're always evolving. So if you come two years from now, your answer might be, you know, slightly different or, you know, right. you've grown or whatever. So, but I mean, I think there's some principles that would, that, and that's, to lay down that can help people, um, you know, get through this process of deconstructing. And um, like you said, sometimes people are in it so strong and they want to get out because they know it's time to start deconstructing, but they don't know where to start. And it's really hard because it's like yeah. it's been their whole life or their whole family and, and um, you know, self, self uh, esteem and self worth has all is all wound up in this thing called, you know, Christianity that the uh, conservative Christianity or evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm curious, what are some of the most common issues that people struggle with when they, you know, they recognize, hey, you know, I, my community, my church, uh, it's toxic now. I see it now, and I, and I, I or, or they just see these, maybe they see um, contradictions, and they go. 
I, I'm tired of, I want to ask more questions and they won't let me ask questions. So what, yeah. what are some of the common issues that you see? Well, I think you just mentioned one, um, this idea of, you know, growing up in a religious community where um, our value as a human being was based on whether or not we had the right answers about right. God, um, yeah, whether right. we did the right things, whether we uh, served to exhaustion. That's another thing, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of unhealthy systems that exploit people. And so boundaries are pretty much non-existent, especially for women, especially for people of color, um, especially for people who are typically marginalized by religious communities. And, and what we see is there's this entire lack of, of knowing what I deserve and what rights I have and, and even how to explore those without feeling like the lightning and thunder is going to happen and God's going to wipe me out. Um, and we lose community because of that. You know, that's, that's something that's pretty consistent across the board, especially I'm in the Midwest. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty conservative region. And if you, if you didn't grow up in church, you probably got exposed to these beliefs anyway, because that's just the culture here. So when you start questioning, and like you said, you ask one too many questions or you go into some gray areas that really right, scare right. people, right. there's a lot of backlash. And that, that in itself is traumatic. And that in itself requires a lot of grieving, um, a lot of self-trust in, in the face of criticism that's it's not constructive criticism. It's very, it's more personal. It's attacks. It's more questioning your values, questioning your loyalty. Um, you know, are you a good person? Well, maybe not because you're asking these questions. And so yeah, but, it really yeah. undermines everything. Right. Questioning also, you know, your ability to, th to think for yourself, yeah. <laughs> questioning your, you know, your, your rationale. And no, I, 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 I understand that whole, uh, experience uh, reminds me of a time when what we I was in the I was still in the church and I was still in a Bible study and one of my friends was asking questions about um, oh I know he started reading Deepak Chopra <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and then he started reading a, a Christian Universalist book by wow. Thomas Talbot oh boy they did not like that i was gonna say that'll rock the boat, <laughs> sure, rock the boat. they're like you know yeah. you know you you know john you should really you know tom you should really go to uh see the pastor and get some counseling uh, right. you really shouldn't read that book yeah. you know that's really gonna you know that's that's her heresy and it's really gonna take you down the wrong path and that yeah, just begs the question. Well, you know, if your faith is so strong in this, why, you know, why are you threatened by someone reading right. Deepak Chopra or Thomas Talbot? You know, it's like right, right. And it's there's, you know, a lot of communities will say that they embrace doubt and they embrace questioning, but they most of them will embrace this amount of doubt yeah, and questioning, a, right? Yeah, but when you very, start, yeah, go ahead. When you start saying, I don't know if God is real. Or, you know, if you start right. challenging those core doctrine beliefs, like right. I, the Bible has contradictions in it. I don't, right. yeah. I don't know if I believe it, or right. I don't know if hell is real. Like that doesn't right. line up with who I think God right. is. That's when you get called a heretic and you know, you're on the right track if you're being called a heretic. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it, it becomes a badge of honor. We, it, it, does. Finally, it dawns on you one day. Oh, this is good. Okay. Right. And, you know, right. They, they actually called Jesus a heretic, actually, you know, exactly. Like, think about it. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, they um, the, the questions have to be very safe questions. Exactly. And if you don't like their first answer 
and then you're you're just being rebellious. I mean, you right. come on, I already answered your question. Move on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it it just goes to show that they really don't want people are are really programmed to think a certain way and they just can't bring themselves to uh, go outside these lines. Yeah. Uh, it's very um uh what's the word? It's just like it makes them very insecure to have oh, yeah. I've got people in my group that don't believe I don't know, the Bible's an errant or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and which really is not the way faith should be in my mind. And I think you would agree. Um, Absolutely. So uh, you've got a book coming out. Um, is, the, is, is this still the working title? Do I have it right? Kicking Toxic Religion to the Curb? It is. That's actually the final title. We just oh, yes. we just okay. signed off on some things. It's still being, you know, all the back end stuff is still happening, but okay. we're getting closer. And and it's deconstruct your faith without losing yourself, right? Right, right. So what what who's the publisher? It's through Erdman's up a, a publisher up in Michigan. Well, Erdman's has done some quite a bit of evangelical stuff. That's that's amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because there are quite a few books coming out of Erdman's and um, about deconstruction and, and really challenging this idea that that deconstruction is is unholy and, and you know, yeah, it's yeah. going to cause you to crash and burn. So it's a neat right, cohort. Right. That's good. Yeah. I think there are some public evangelical publishers out there that were willing to push the envelope. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a that's good news that they are. Um, yeah. So. Um, you know, tell us about it. Why are you writing this book and what do you hope to accomplish? Yeah, my my biggest reason for writing the book is because I, I think that there are a lot of step-by-step -step plans for deconstruction and for healing that really don't serve people well because it, again, it points us to just somebody else's doctrine. And mm -hmm. so my, my goal behind writing this book is to take that um, you know, that autonomy and that learning to trust yourself and, and help people create a process just like I do in my private coaching, where they can then sift and sort through all the information and make decisions for themselves, possibly for the first time, you know, for a lot of people who've grown up in the church, when you deconstruct, that's the first time that you're really starting from scratch and saying, what do I believe about the Bible? If everything's on the table, what do I want to pick up? Um, and consider holy and true. So that's my biggest hope is that people will walk away feeling really solid in their ability to trust themselves, really connected to their body, learning how to listen to their intuition, and just trust that whatever information is out there, they're fully capable of, of deciding whether it's worth putting in their back pocket, or if it needs to go in a maybe bucket, or if it's just right. trash, if it's just harmful, right. and it doesn't need to be part of their daily life. Right. Well, I think the the harmful uh, part is really important. I, the, one of the things I try to do is is, is very simple. You, you expose harmful faith, and then you uh, you find healthy faith or a new philosophy of life. You know, so yeah. so. But harmful things are you know when you come, when you really get down to it, they're pretty easy to detect. That's <laughs> just yeah. we're not willing to do it because of things like. You know, well, the Bible says this, so we've got to believe this. Right. right? Or right. Our tradition has always been like this, or you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. But that you're you're hitting on some really good things, um, like you know, identifying the harmful uh, and helping them understand. Like I said, if it hurts people, if it's 
if it comes across as unloving, it probably is. I mean, <laughs> all this right, talk about right. all this talk about, well, you know, I love you, so I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you that you know, you know you're gonna go to hell if you don't accept right. Jesus. I mean, what kind of a love is that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think the hardest type of of harm to understand or to really accept is the harm that harms other people but benefits us. So I, yeah. I work with a lot of white women who've been in church leadership, who've been right. in, um, you know, they were in church before they were ever born. And yes, you know, unpacking what harms me is totally, totally important. But there's also this reconciliation that has to happen. I have to get really honest about how I, as a white, educated, middle-class woman, have benefited from this system that, say, marginalizes trans people. Mm -hmm. Right. Or or, you know, the, the racism that's in the church, it actually benefits me. Yeah. And so once you start to see how you've benefited from harm, then you can see how you've perpetuated harm. And that's when the real humility comes in. And that's where this kind of awareness and this different way of valuing every human being and every human being's, um, you know, autonomy and ability to choose for themselves becomes more real. It's not just right. something that's philosophical. It's something right. that you choose to live out every day. And it right. is radical. It Maybe it shouldn't be, but it really is. It is. I mean, but, you know, the other thing you just hit on is choose for yourself. I think that's what you want to accomplish, help people choose yeah. for themselves. And, you know, for me, uh, um, I like to have, well, get all the history you can, good history, a good study of history you can. That, that always helps you choose for yourself, but do, definitely choose right. for yourself because we, you know, we walk into churches, um, either we we grow up in it, like, you know, partly you did and, or you come into it in your formative years when some kind of crisis happens in your faith and someone's saying, Jesus, the answer, and you go in there and you find a community that loves you and you go, oh, maybe this is the answer. And then you maybe have a, a spiritual experience you think, oh, maybe this is the this is God and so forth. But then um, you're really not uh, given the um, permission to choose for yourself. You're, you're basically right. told this is the way it is. This is how to interpret the Bible. This is how this is what the gospel is. This is the, you know, and uh, and and people do that blindly without really knowing. I mean, it, when I when I learned how to uh how the Bible was really compiled. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Why wasn't this like Bible 101? <laughs> right. Right. Why didn't we learn this in preschool? This is this it, it is like, information we you, know. You made it sound like it the, it fell from heaven and, and everyone right. agreed on it right from the start. It's just right. not the way it was. So um the uh that that that's all those things are very important to get outside that paradigm. Mm -hmm. and start looking at things from different angles. Yeah, so, and, um, and recognizing that it's okay to say, I don't know. Yes. Like, right, that right. we, uh, many of us were taught that certainty is holiness. And that's not biblical. That's not in anybody's teaching, right? That's um, That's been perpetuated by a system that benefits mm -hmm. from us complying with their guidelines, right? We're, yeah. we're easier to exploit if we believe that those who've been in it longer and those who are wiser and more discerning are certain and we just don't have, we haven't done enough work yet to get yeah. there. But right. that's, 
you know, that goes completely against human nature. And so embracing that curiosity and saying, I actually don't have to have all the answers. I don't even have to know what all the answers are is so liberating. It's really hard in the beginning. But once you get there, it's so liberating. And most people are healthier in their spiritual lives when they embrace that curiosity. Right. And, and it really depends on your personality, I find. Like some people, um, like me, I'm a deep thinker. So mm -hmm. I, 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 if I'm uncertain about something, it's fine. If, it, if it's something that, you know, you know, like, I don't know, the mystery of, of how this all came to be, mm -hmm. right? I mean... To, to be certain about that something that happened billions of years ago is like right. <laughs> pretty hard to do. But if it's something that I can look at and look at history and say, hey, I could I could find out maybe something closer to the truth mm -hmm. of what really happened. And then then I encourage people to pursue that, because when you look at history, you find a lot of answers. But right. you're right. Also, to to to. to to be certain about everything is really not a good thing. It's just yeah. it makes you like almost holier than thou. You just put yourself on a pedestal. You you yeah. know everything and 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 you've got it all figured out. And I remember thinking that when I was in the church. I remember thinking, oh, we've got it all figured out. We know right. everything. <laughs> we've got yeah. you know. And and then when I look back at it, I go, oh, how naive I was. You know, it's like right. we didn't have it figured out for a lot lots of things, if not most of the things. Right. So, so, um, uh, so what, what about, um, kicking it to the curb, uh, yeah. you know, deconstruct your faith without losing your, uh, kicking toxic religion to the curb. I mean, give us some examples of like how, how people do that. Maybe, maybe an example of, uh, of elements of toxic faith and, and how you can kick it to the curb. Yeah. So really the heart of toxic faith is um, when your value as a human being gets tied to your belief system. Mm -hmm. um, and it's you, it's really weaponized and the community is really weaponized too. So um, if you belong to a community, you need to do X, Y, Z if you want to stay here. Oh, yeah. and by the way, if you don't stay here, you're also going to be punished forever because we know what God wants you to be. Right. Like, right, right. oh, that that um, right. like you were just saying, we know better. Um, that's really the heart of toxic religion. And then there's this whole spectrum of how much harm is actually done. Right. You, you know, we mentioned kind of conservative faith. Um, and I, we have to it's really important to know that toxic religion happens in all faith systems. And I think in the U.S., a lot of times we say, oh, it's just Republicans. It's just a conservative thing. But yeah. toxic religion happens in. Yeah. in spiritual circles, in um, just, you know, it doesn't even matter your denomination. It's really about the structure of the organization and how people are treated. So if right. you're in a system that is, um, you know, challenging your self-worth or restricting things that are actually part of every human's right, that's an unhealthy system, right? right. Um, if you're challenged to be smaller, right? If you're taught mm -hmm. to be smaller, if you're mm -hmm. taught to be quieter, if you're taught not to question or to, to advocate for the marginalized communities that, you know, the church is really responsible for creating, that's a toxic environment, right? Um, and I would also say toxicity spreads to this idea of not being able to trust yourself, you know, oh, yeah. being innately sinful and innately bad right. and totally unable of making healthy decisions. Right. And, but, 
people with more experience and, you know, higher titles and everything, they can make more decisions because they've worked it out. Like that doesn't, that logic doesn't make sense. Um, it's really a, a toxic systems really love those absolutes and they also love the hierarchies. So if you start looking around and you're like, yeah, there's not a lot of room for maybes or I don't know, mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of what usually right. cracks it open for people. Right. Right. No, that's, that's definitely true. Um, thinking for yourself, uh, is so key and, um, get having to get outside of that is mm -hmm. so liberating. Like you said, um, um, you know, these, these, um, environments that you get into, um, they're just, they're not really, uh, built to like for, 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 an, uh, an environment of inquiry. They're all, they're, they're really built for, uh, having all the answers. And if you can't accept that we have all the answers then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and uh, um, you don't see it. I mean, like, like I've talked to people who said, you know, my church is fine, blah, 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 you know, and I, I like to tell them, you know, are, are you a questioning type? I ask them, are you a questioning person? Mm -hmm. Not really. You know, I go along with things. Yeah. Cause you know, who am I to question things, you know, right. so then, then you're not going to see this toxic environment, right? If you're, if, if as soon as you start rocking the boat, as soon as you start asking questions, as soon as, as, soon as you start looking like you're thinking for yourself, then you're, you're going to get the pushback and you're going to see right. what you're talking about. But other, other people, they just kind of go along with it and they don't see it. And uh, it doesn't happen until, <clears throat> until somehow they they finally get abused somehow personally right. and they might open their eyes and see it yeah and and it's really conditioning i mean that when you when you grow up in the system you're conditioned to believe a certain way to um you know to believe the way that people around you have been and so anytime we're trying to change our conditioning it's really uncomfortable and it takes time um so once you start questioning there's actually a lot of pressure to go back and stop yes. questioning. So I see that a lot. People, yeah. you know, they, they try a little bit and the cost is too high and they go back and they try cool. a little bit, cost is too high and they go back. And they have to get to a breaking point where the pressure to stay is worse than the pressure of leaving. Yeah, no, that's very true. Actually, um, I don't know if you read Kathy Escobar's book, Faith Shift, mm -mm. Um, but uh, she has the stages of a faith shift and one of the stages is returning. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very common, and and you may not physically return. Some people will do. They go, okay, I can't handle it, like you said, right. and they'll return, or they'll find some church down the street that's not still conservative, but not as conservative, and they go, okay, you know, I, I'll I'll solve my issues at this new church, or they might just do it in their mind, right? Where you kind of like, I remember thinking that, like, oh, you know, in your mind, I'm thinking, geez, uh. Am I going too far? That's one of the questions that people have. Sure. Are you going too far? Is this going to be, you know, am I going to be called a heretic? Is this, am I, you know, I'm questioning hell. Does that mean I'm going to definitely go to hell? I mean, then you get fear. Right. <laughs> so, so that's, there, there's some, definitely some obstacles that people have to go over and go through that you're describing like this returning phenomenon. And, uh, that if when when you see that that's actually very normal and mm -hmm. actually most people do have that stage in a faith shift 
then it's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one that thinks this way, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's um, really the key is recognizing that, you know, deconstructing can be tremendously isolating. And I think that's why conversations like we're having now when online communities and conferences and those kind of things are so important because once you realize that it's not just you, those criticisms and all that pushback you're getting, they just land a little different because right. you know that other people are getting the same thing. Even if you're making different decisions in your daily life than those other people, you realize that it's more about the system lashing out and the system and the community defending itself than it is anything that you're doing wrong. Yeah, right. That's definitely true. It is the system defending themselves. Right. And oftentimes people defending them, their church or whatever. Um, so you talk about, sometimes you talk about like, you know, let's deconstruct in a way that you don't lose yourself. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean by that? So a lot of people come into deconstruction. They're like, okay, I don't want to lose God. I don't want to lose the Bible. I don't want to lose my church community. Yeah, and yeah, to be right. honest, those are things we really don't have control over. So yes. if we want to go through all of our beliefs and pick them up and sift and sort and decide, uh, like you said, historically what's accurate and what's worth keeping, then we really have to, to come in with open hands and say, I don't actually know where I'm going to land. Because otherwise, all we're looking for is the next right, in air quotes, doctrine, the next right church or the next right belief system that I can adopt. But deconstruction is really about stepping out of those systems and saying, okay, if I never went to church, if nobody ever taught me about God, what would I believe? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then saying, now that I know what I know, what do I want to believe? Right. And that really requires us to kind of fold into ourselves intellectually and spiritually and energetically and all those things and say, what do I know to be true in my heart? What do I know to be true in my intuition? Yeah. What is my amazing brain telling me? And just really get connected to ourselves because anytime that we're in those toxic systems that are teaching us not to trust ourselves, mm -hmm. we have learned to disconnect everything except for our brain. And so we spend the majority of our lifetime living from the eyebrows up. And that's good for the system because we're way easier to exploit if we don't tap into the other gifts that, that all humanity has. Right. So when we talk about not losing yourself, First thing we got to do is find ourselves yeah. and then realize that that we can be anchored in our own identity and our own thoughts and feelings and beliefs and experiences. And that's what is true. And then we can build on that rather than having to completely die to ourselves and, um, you know, just acknowledge that everything within us is sinful and junk. And I got to try harder. We can say, no, actually, I was born good. Like, yeah, in all of us. Right. And that's trustworthy. So, yeah, one, this is a great example because in order for people to get free from that, like, total depravity doctrine, like you're totally depraved Calvinism, which is right. actually, I found almost every evangelical church, even if they're not Calvinists, they still believe that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> even if they criticize Calvinism, Calvinism they right. grab that piece. Because they know that's a great way of getting, uh, manipulating people. They may right. not think that the word manipulate, but hey, if you can sh convince people that they are terrible, depraved people without Jesus and the church, yeah. then you can get, oh, I've got the solution and I'm going right. to make sure, and then you're not, won't be depraved. You'll be filled with the spirit or whatever, you know, but you got to watch out because if you lose that, you, you go back to the depraved state. Right. <laughs> but, right. But, so, but, but in order for people to, to get to that point where they can 
feel like they can trust themselves and, and that they are good people. It, uh, one of the really helpful things that I found is go back and just and find out historically, how did this, this doctrine of total depravity, where did it come from? Right. right. And then you find out it actually came from Calvin and, and, you know, it didn't really come, it didn't come from the, the earliest gatherings of, of followers. It came from, from someone in the middle ages who came, came up with this, this way of looking and yeah. looking at the, at the world. And there are other streams in Christianity that don't believe that. So, right. you know, so you, when you kind of get outside that, you go, oh, okay. It's not like, oh, I have to become a complete liberal or something or an atheist to, to get free of this stuff. There are other actually religious or, or let's say, you know, Jesus um, movement traditions that mm -hmm. don't believe that we're a piece of crap next right. to Jesus, right? That you're, you are born basically good because you're made in the image of God. So that, right. that's one way of kind of getting out of the, those mindsets when you see that, oh, evangelicalism is really teaching a very narrow view of yeah. Christianity. I mean, just extremely narrow when you really get into, into what they're teaching. And I think so, where we see that the most, and, and we see that do the most damage, is when people are coming out of abusive systems, or um, especially in the recovery community, people who are trying to fight their way out of addiction, they plug into some of these faith-based programs, and that's what saves them. And they, you know, they they um, are taught that all of those bad things that happened before um, won't happen now that they're connected with God, right? Trust your higher power, turn everything over okay. to your higher power. But that again, doesn't teach people how to trust themselves and how to navigate yes. the world. Yeah, right. And so you end up shifting from one abusive yeah. relationship to another where God is your well, abuser right. or you know, one type of addiction to another where right. you have to be 110% in because that's what's gonna save your life. And that doesn't right. mean that, that there aren't healthy components to the recovery community inside of the church or um you know that that people who are being abused won't find any good things in the church it's just saying anytime we go from one fear-based system one system that says you're junk to another yeah we're not we're, it's just a lateral move we're, we're not actually healing right. yeah. uh, we're not actually growing right no that's definitely true yeah well i like to say you know fundamentalism can rear its ugly head anywhere um, right. And uh, we have to watch out for it. It can be in liberal groups. It can be in, you know, progressive mm -hmm. Christian or progressive spiritual groups. It, and of course, we we find it heavily entrenched in uh, fundamentalism and evangelicalism. But right. um, uh, it's it's the principles that you're saying that you need to learn so that <clears throat> when you go forward, you're, you're aware of these things and you're not like just naive about about all this. Right, right. And so, you're compassionate because so much of what you've been taught is you have to work harder, you have to hustle harder, you have to learn more, you have to be more, you have to give more, and it's exhausting. And there's there's not enough self-compassion for you to ever settle your nervous system to a point where you can access all the parts of you. So one of the things you have to untangle when you come out of toxic religion is not always having your nervous system activated and being on the right on the edge of that fight, flight, freeze or fawn mode, because that's exhausting. And also it's it's easier to exploit people because all you have to do is stir up a little bit of fear and then they bury the needle 
and and they're in that you know survival mode rather than being in a place of of peace and um compassion and saying wait a second does that does that align with love and peace and compassion or are are you just stirring up my greatest fears and manipulating me to take action that serves you exactly no that's very true that's it's really key to teach people to find peace and what matters most in their own life what they think and right. and how to center and and bring peace into their own life and not be dependent on some other group although we we need community we need love Absolutely. right so that's not the throwing that out the out, out the window but like you're saying if you're in a community that's always setting you up to mm -hmm. fear something so that they can get their way for you to do something <laughs> that is right. just not healthy so right. um so how about maybe you know you've worked with a lot of people what are some maybe a, share a personal story or something about someone or you know not naming names but people or sure. deconstruction as an example yeah so i work like i mentioned i work with a lot of people who have been in leadership or who are so deeply connected to the church that they're basically unpaid leadership and um, one of the things that's pretty consistent across that um, sort of base that sort of you know community is learning to not try to outperform your pain. So, you know, I can think of a, a couple of clients who have had just trauma, just flat out trauma, um, and, and have been verbally abused or um, have, have suffered just other really heavy handed manipulation at the hands of, of leaders, whether it's career or, or um, you know, within the church, there's typically a religious connection to it. And learning to, to step back from that and say, hang on, I didn't actually deserve that yeah. is really challenging. Because again, if we go back to that doctrine of we're all broken and sinful and anybody yeah. who's criticizing us, they're molding and shaping us and it's for our best, right? Um, we're being refined by the fire. You hear a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it, and it's really, you really have to take a step back and do a lot of work to calm your nervous system to be able to say, oh, that was abuse. And that didn't have anything to do with me. That was simply that person protecting their own interests, um, right. especially when it's family or spiritual mentors or people that you just highly respect and you thought would be in your life forever who start lashing out. Um, it, it's really, it, it becomes really clear how abusive um, those old relationships have been. Right. And again, if you, if you're benefiting from the system, it's a lot harder to see how much harm is being done until it's turned on you. That's the, um, yeah, exactly. That's and then what it I starts to unravel. Before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've seen that happen time and time again. Yeah, you don't see it until it happens to you. <laughs> yeah. So, that, so you're saying one one thing is to expose spiritual abuse, that to identify it, saying I don't deserve that, and this is yeah. the system that kind of sets people up to abuse other people. Right, right. Because you know any system, whether it's healthy or not, is always designed to protect itself. Yes. So, for example, if you have a family, um, you know, if you have a partner mm -hmm. and children. Like you're doing whatever you can to hold that group together. Same right. thing in a church, right? Where, right. you know, we want that acceptance and we want that love and we want that connection. Mm -hmm. What we're taught is that if we step out of line, we're going to lose it. Right. And that is really designed to keep that system healthy and keep that system growing. Because the more people participate in a system, 
the more powerful the actual system is. And so being able to say, you know what, I have value outside of that system is kind of a game changer. Um, It it doesn't happen overnight. It's it's not like, poof, here we are. It takes a lot of that reconditioning. And I'll tell you what, the grief, the grief is probably the hardest part. People think that reading and learning and making decisions is the hardest part. But once you open that floodgate of grief, a lot of people are just completely caught off guard by it because you're it's you're grieving death after death after death. Sometimes it's a relationship, sometimes it's a home, yeah. sometimes it's a marriage. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. you lose your parents yeah. over your beliefs. And I think we're seeing, I think we've seen a lot more of that over the last few years, just because of how polarizing the political political arena has been. Um, that people that have just really been hurt and and really are stepping back and saying, wait a second, those are the people that I love and and they raised me or they mentored me. How could they be, how could they be harming, you know, that group of people or how could they be saying those things that are are just so harmful and untrue? Wait, what else might be harmful and untrue? And that's where it really starts to unravel. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I, I, all these things I've seen in my life and many people's that I work with, um, the, the, um, um the the very close friends or family or community can turn on you and that's very hard to take so that's why it's important to find another community who can embrace you and go hey you know what you're you know you're not you're normal (laughs) the -hmm. things that you're thinking are is we've all thought the same way uh uh your your response is accurate this is abuse etc yeah. Or else you get gaslighted. You just get Absolutely. like you get people come back at you and and go, oh, you're just so uh, you know rebellious, or you're deluded, yeah. or you know, I mean, people say the craziest things. I mean, I, I, one of my former pastors says that uh, to this day says that if you voted for Joe Biden, you've been deceived by uh, the demonic. You know, it's right. like. Give me a break. I mean, this that's just absolutely crazy. So right. what you know, what they're doing is they're just they're they they've got all the uh answers and you have to fit into their to their 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 box. Right. Um it's it's what what it what it really is, Angela, is that um they're they're not they can't bring themselves to to actually believe what I think is true from my new re- rebuilt faith that actually God uh works outside the church yeah just as much if not more than right. he would and, and in these abusive churches he he's not even there i mean yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so i mean that people cannot get their get get their head around that 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 right. you can find if you believe in a good god then you can find that good god in the secular service organization down the street that's helping the community or doing global projects to help help you know impoverished people all over the world or whatever right you right you can find god in a muslim mosque you can find god an all in a in a liberal church you yeah. can still find god in a conservative church but if it's in a system mm-hmm. that is well, I like to tell people I experienced God, but it wasn't because of the things that was happening. They were teaching in the church. It was on the right. of the church. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. so if you can get your head around that, like, oh, God actually doesn't work 
that way. That's not the way it works, yeah. you know. At least that's my opinion as someone who still believes. So yeah. Um uh let's see, let's say about um let's talk about your workshops. I mean, you have a lot of these workshops and resources. Uh what what what's in the content there? And you know, what, yeah. what do people expect? So I love to to do a variety of different workshops and always we always record them and put them on the website on demand because when you need to have a question answered, you need to have it answered, right? Um, and I noticed when I was kind of looking around the different deconstruction spaces that, again, there was a, a lot of people talking about facts and talking about, um, you know, here's what the Bible actually says about hell or here's how the first century church is really different than what we consider church today. And here's how, um, you know, different things have, have changed theologically. There's a lot about that. But what I noticed is, people were getting very, very overwhelmed by the different ideas. And again, it goes back to that conditioning where mm. I'm conditioned to believe a certain way and the cost of getting out of that line is so hard. Mm -hmm. And even when I'm faced with solid factual data, I, it's hard to trust it. It's hard to grab a hold of it. Right. So a lot of my workshops will focus on learning how to trust yourself again, um, learning how to find what's resonant with your soul rather than telling you what should be resonant with your soul, mm -hmm. again, turning you, you know, teaching you how to kind of fold mm -hmm. into yourself and really connect with yourself. Um, we do a lot that have meditation. I love making playlists and working those into the workshops because then afterwards you have these, um, you know, you have these playlists on your phone that will kind of help you reconnect to those memories. And they're very centering and um, just really help you anchor in yourself and your own experience in a way that most religious spaces don't teach us how to do. Yeah, so more like teaching people to, to have like a, a more of a personal spirituality, like to, to uh, get their own, um, find their own way and their own peace. Uh, yeah. yeah, and even if you go into a, a, a different space or you go mm -hmm. back into the religious community that you're in before, the key is that you trust yourself enough yeah. to be able to navigate that in a healthy way. Because right. I, I do work with clients who go back into those unhealthy spaces and I, I believe it's a calling and it's it's their purpose to get in there and, you know, rock the boat a little bit. Oh, and, trying, and, trying to reform from within or something? Right, right. They're, and yeah. not everybody's called to that, right? Like, no, I really right. think it comes down to privilege. The more privilege right. you have in a system, I think the more likely you are to, to come back into that system and, and try to save it. Um, you know, the more marginalized you are, probably the more you need to get away from the spaces and well, find one that does value as a human yeah, being so that, that you, can, you can be safe um, right. and then decide what level of advocacy is appropriate for you. Right. Um, yeah. It's not whether you can do it or you should do it. It's what's healthy for you. And sometimes it is going into unhealthy spaces and, you know, taking some of that hit, but, but it's not based on your value as a human being. And I think right. that's what I, I hope that anybody who is in my, any of my communities or takes any of my workshops recognizes is that They're, having the right answer, doing the right thing is not what determines your value as a human being. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's what, that's too far for a lot of people. Yeah. That's, um, very that's too far for a lot of unhealthy church right. spaces. I think you're, you're touching on what matters most love. I mean, mm -hmm. And yeah. you know what? What what makes gives you value as a human being is that um, 
you know, there's a, a sense that, you know, we really should have universal love for everyone. And when right. outside any religious system, you know, not make it conditional. <laughs> right. And when you, when right. you kind of get that, then, then you can, you can, you can survive anywhere. And, and like you said, uh, for me and, uh, and, uh, and many others, we don't really care where people land. They could land as an atheist, but if they have what, what I would call what matters most, you know, respect and love for humanity, then I, you know, I'm okay. I mean, they, they haven't signed up to be an ax yeah. murderer or something, you know, <laughs> like, right, right. you know, people who become atheists, they don't usually sign up to become, you know, like, mobsters sex traffickers and yeah. all this stuff you know they're actually right atheism isn't the bogeyman like everybody says right like, right, you know, right 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 I think so, in but, the but, church we're like oh, that's the devil yeah. incarnate exactly no, it's not it's just a different right. belief system right it's just a belief so system. it is but 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 like you're you're touching on is like getting people that giving the people that ability to um love themselves and yeah. then have, have know that their value comes from just being who they are not yeah. having to tap into some religious system or non-religious system for that matter. Exactly. Exactly. That idea of, um, you know, dying to myself, uh, that idea of, uh, you know, being, being exploited, having no boundaries and um, just working myself to exhaustion, being the way that I get to, to holiness. That's how I get sanctified. That's not even theologically accurate. Well, like, yeah, it doesn't make it, sense. It, dying it, yourself, it doesn't I mean, make sense. Yeah, because you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. So how can you die right. yourself? There must, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. If going on there. <laughs> right. If you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, right. and there's and self-loathing is what your religion right. is based on, well, then you're, you're not following that commandment. Right. Yeah. You're going to you love can, people. You right. can only put out into the world right. what you have within you, exactly. and if it's self-loathing. If it's negative talk, if it's right. um, you know a, a horrible boundaries and constant willingness to be exploited, right. that's all you have to give to the world. You, you can't give them something you don't have. Right, right. So it seems to me that one of the one of the things that you want to teach is is um, for people to get out wherever they land, wherever they go, um, that they get out of this black and white thinking mentality. Oh, one hundred percent. Yep. Right. Yep. That everything yeah. there's always an answer there's always that this is always the way and you can't question it and um because that 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 can that can help that can uh drive people back right back into some you know some toxic system if if you're always thinking black and white i mean on the other side yeah. of the coin i know i've heard and seen atheists who are almost like fundamentalists they're trying to convert people to be atheists since it's so obvious and it's like they're always yeah you know, putting you down completely if you have any inkling of faith and they right. want you to convert you. And I think that's kind of the same thing, isn't it? You know, that's not what we want. So we want to kind of get out of this black and white way of thinking and um, get them to uh, help people to be free from that. So, yeah, yeah. So what other, what other workshops, topics do you have besides the, you know, personal spirituality? Yeah, one of the ones I've got is um, that's really popular is seeking soul resonance, and it's really about um, you know again learning how to listen and learning how to connect with yourself in a way that you can say, oh, okay, being barefoot in the woods that makes me feel connected to something greater than me. 
mm -hmm. or, you know, particular songs or um, particular scents. Um, those are things that just make me come alive in a way that uh, being boxed in by old doctrines just didn't do. Um, and again, those, those types of workshops have a lot of um, learning how to connect with yourself. I just did one a couple of weeks ago. It's not up on the website, but it will be very soon about learning how to trust yourself more. And um, the hardest thing about that is people are always like, how do I trust myself more? And the answer is you start trusting yourself more. <laughs> like you just, you don't wait to have it all figured out and you just take those yeah, baby right. steps I, and learn as you go. Yeah, that's true. I always, I always tell people, you know, um, you know, even though you might go to a church that says, don't trust yourself, you're totally depraved of all this, whatever you're, you know, you, you, you're, uh, you're a sinner. You, you know, you, 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 you can't, you know, think of things yourself. God, God's thoughts are way beyond your thoughts. So, you know, right. people don't live life that way. You go out of the market, you go to your business, you go to your job and people think for themselves. All right? the time. All, All the time. The time. So yep. Just do that. Just take that into your faith. Just start thinking for yourself. You know, say, does that sound reasonable right. to me? If it doesn't, ask some questions. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe, yeah. maybe that, that's not a good thing to believe. You know, so yeah, you're right. It's it's hard people to get around that, but you know, people naturally think for themselves all the time. They but they don't apply it into religion. You know, right? It's crazy. Right. Yeah, so, and we're taught to we're taught to shut down those those natural instincts. And so, part of the book, part of the processes I teach in the group coaching experience and the workshops is learning how to turn down that old unhealthy conditioning and go back to who you would have always been. Oh yeah, right. Had mm -hmm. you not been in that unhealthy space, right? Go back to where you were, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So it sounds like you got a, a lot of great uh, workshops. Uh, do you do you have anyone helping you in, in developing these resources? Do you have anyone uh, that that um, co-presents with you or? Uh, you... Not typically co-presents. I have some amazing people behind the scenes who, okay. um, you know, okay. are detail oriented and do all the things that I would probably lose sight of without them. Um, right. <laughs> and then a couple of moderators over in the free Facebook group, which is the deconstruction faith deconstruction cafe. Um, and so there's a lot of collaboration that happens. Um, there are also a lot of great people in the space, other coaches, um, other therapists, and just having conversations like this are mm -hmm. really monumental for people. So the, there is some collaborative work that I've done with the Deconstructing Faith Summit the last couple of years. And those, oh, yeah, um, those, Tell me about the summit. Yeah, those recordings are up on the site, uh, the fall of 21 and the fall of 22, we had about, 20 speakers at each event and there were live panels and um just phenomenal uh, these, conversations these virtual with, or live events so these were virtual um okay. they were virtual events so we were able to bring in uh, like one of a couple of our speakers were in australia and new zealand and england and we were just able to kind of come together in an online space which was really valuable uh right at that tail end or probably mid-ground of, of covid mm -hmm. because we couldn't have physical gatherings so right, right. um those recordings are phenomenal if people are just like oh i feel my faith falling apart but i don't know where to start sometimes just listening to other people talk about it in a really humble and yeah. and open dialogue you're like whoa People can talk like that, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. we're talking about sex and sexuality and relationships and, you know, racism and, and these conversations that are usually taboo uh, mm -hmm. in those unhealthy spaces. 
just hearing people share their story and, and talk about how their life is different after questioning can be really inspiring. So those are some of my favorite collaborations. That's very good. Very good. Well, I'd love to collaborate with you. <laughs> Look at us. We're doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing it now. Well, we're going to put this out, but I'd love to do other things too. That'd be great. Um, of course I would too. That'd be great. Yeah. So we're running out of time a little bit, but um, when, when is your book going to be published? So my book is coming out later this year. We're still waiting on some fine tuning, uh, mm -hmm. but we're hoping late fall, um, possibly around the holidays, uh, the physical copies will be available, which means early fall, perhaps late summer, uh, depending on how the process goes, we'll be able to start taking pre-orders. So oh, I will, cool. the first place I announce those things is to my email list and then over in the Facebook group, the free Facebook community. So yeah. if anybody is chomping on the bit to get the book, that's the place to be. And you'll be the first to know as soon as it's available. That's great. Well, I hope you get a wide audience uh, with Erdman. Um, that that would be great, and uh, we we certainly need more more books like this. And we appreciate you putting the time into doing this, and you know I'll I'll take a look. I'm definitely going to uh, review it, and uh, uh, I, it it sounds like we might have to have you on the podcast again once it comes out. So <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, keep me in mind. I would love that. Uh, yeah, always so, open for more discussions. Right. So okay, folks. Well, we've had Angela Harrington with us today on the. Uh, faith deconstruction coach and she's given us some really good content to mull over and um, I want to wish you well Angela and I, I hope that um, uh, you know you continue on with these summits and and with your workshops that really help people to, to come out of uh, uh, conservative and toxic faith so um, folks uh, thanks for joining us today and stay tuned for the next Spiritual Brew Pub podcast coming up sometime soon and enjoy responsibly. Thanks again, Angela. Thank you.